You are listening to the You Are Techie podcast with Ellen Toomey, episode number seven. Welcome to the You Are Techie podcast, where it's all about growing in your techiness so you can find the tech job of your dreams. And now your host, technology learning coach, Ellen Toomey. Welcome back to the You Are Techie podcast. I'm your host, Ellen Toomey, and I'm so glad to be with you here today. We're going to be talking about a topic that is at the heart of the mission of You Are Techie, and that topic is the big picture approach to learning tech. I can see how that might not sound like a groundbreaking concept, but the tendency for a newbie to tech is to try to learn as much as they can And while that might not sound like a huge problem, it really is. The thing about learning anything in tech, whether that's coding, design, scrum mastering, QA, if you attempt to go line by line learning every single thing, you won't be effective at your job. Tech isn't about knowing every possible line of JavaScript or 17 different wireframing tools. Tech is about being good at your job. It's about adding value to the organization that you're in. So when you're new and just starting out, you might ask questions like, what do I need to know to get the job? What should be in my portfolio? Which programming language is the best one to learn? Those aren't bad questions. But a much more relevant and practical to your life question is what experience will give me the skills I need to become a quality candidate? The answer to that question, what experience will give me the skills I need to become a quality candidate, is the one we'll tackle in today's podcast. I call it the big picture approach to learning tech. Have you heard of the book Mindsets by Carol Dweck? I am blown away by how many people have not heard of this book. Every time I have a workshop or I do a Facebook live training where I mention the book, there is always someone who has not read it yet. I firmly believe it should be required reading for all children and adults. It's foundational to learning and to our lives. And one day, Dr. Dweck will be on this podcast because her message is just too good not to hear. It makes you a better parent. It makes you a better student and a better human. And in the event you have not read the book, I want to give you a quick summary and tell you why it relates to our topic today, the big picture approach to learning tech. Dr. Dweck defines two mindsets in her book, and you might be tempted to label people as one or the other, but that's not really accurate because we can all shift from one mindset to the other throughout our life. So consider them more of two extreme states. The two mindsets are growth mindset and fixed mindset. The fixed mindset individual believes intelligence is set from birth. You either have it or you don't. 
and all your learning is predicated on that fixed intellectual capability. The term smart is of the fixed mindset. Someone has that ability or doesn't. That person's smart. That person isn't. The growth mindset can be summed up in the learning philosophy of, I haven't learned that yet. Every piece of learning is just a matter of time and energy, with the belief that the learner can get smarter. And that effort makes me a stronger learner. Dweck has spent three decades researching this concept, and it has been proven again and again by learning and now neuroscience studies that support her findings. The research on brain plasticity is one example. But let's be honest, that's a pretty dramatic shift from the way most of us grew up. If you grew up seeing other people as smarter than you, or maybe you grew up thinking you were smarter than other people, that can really jolt your thinking. It's foundational to the big picture approach to learning, though. Because if you don't fundamentally believe that you can learn what it takes to solve a problem that you've selected, you won't solve it. And it has actually nothing to do with your level of intelligence. It has to do with your belief about learning and about how we learn, about how you specifically learn. If you are familiar with Dweck's teaching, this might seem kind of elementary or basic. And you might be familiar with it because schools across America are beginning to teach this concept to the students and simultaneously the parents, which we need because this really wasn't the way that we were taught in school. With tech being so loosely tied to schooling, because many people in tech don't have formal education in technology, it's essential when you're entering the tech workforce that you understand how tech learning works. And if you focus on content only, you will miss the broader skills of how to acquire new knowledge, which is actually the most important skill in tech. Okay, so we've discussed how the foundational knowledge of choosing a growth mindset is essential to the big picture approach to learning tech. There's one more component to the big picture approach to learning tech that I want to cover here. First, I want to start with the end in mind. The way to get a job in tech is to demonstrate your newly acquired skills, and we do that in a portfolio. And it might look different if you're a designer versus a developer, but ultimately, it's a portfolio. And your portfolio is both the output of your learning as well as your learning journey. It should tell the story of your skills. One of my favorite books is by Craig Wartman, and it's called What's Your Story? I actually prefer the audio version because Craig tells the story himself. It, it's really best heard, even though I'm a big reader. Craig does not disappoint. Again, Craig Wartman, What's Your Story? And it begins with Wartman recalling a conference he attended in which Kenneth Frazier, the CEO of Merck Pharmaceuticals, was giving a speech. He was going over the numbers, the millions of people that Merck had helped with their cancer drugs and vaccines. Then, Frazier, realizing that he was losing his audience in what Wartman calls the bits and bullets, stopped. He stopped and he told a story of a young mother who was lying in a hospital bed dying. The doctors couldn't cure her. Nothing they tried worked. She was going to die. 
until one doctor called Merck to ask about an experimental medicine. Merck had half the world's supply at the time, which was not much. They tried it. It cured her, and she went on to raise her children and lead a normal life. The medicine? Penicillin. It's a powerful story that Wartman describes. And Kenneth Fraser connects to his audience not about the impressive numbers that Merck has, though they do have those. He connects with his audience with a story. And this story, I tell you, to help you understand the power of a story. By understanding the importance of a story, you will understand precisely what your portfolio must do, what story it must tell. It must tell the story of you, of your designing and building of a product that users care about because it's meaningful, helpful. It impacts the quality of their experience. If you do that, you will demonstrate your skills in the process. So how do you do that? How do you have a story to tell? You do that by finding a problem to solve. The specific story that you select is not as relevant as it being interesting and meaningful to you. There are many right problems. When I was first learning Java, I struggled because I was looking at it from a to-do list perspective. When I really began to understand how Java worked, it was because I was working on building a music recommendation tool. Think Spotify, if I would have only kept working on that project. I cared about the problem, and I learned many Java functions and syntax along the way. But I didn't set out to learn everything about Java. I just tried to solve one aspect of my self-selected problem, then another, and so on. The end result was a solid knowledge of the Java language. By now you're wondering what the big picture approach to learning tech looks like in practice. While selecting a problem to focus on for the big picture approach can be tricky, so let me walk you through how to select a problem. Then I'll give you some suggestions in case you're stuck to help you see what a great problem can be. It's important, however, I want you to differentiate between the suggestions and your own problem. Because to reiterate here, if it's interesting and meaningful to you, you're going to tell a better story. And that's very important. But if you are stuck, I mean really stuck and you have no idea where to go, I will say it's better to start than not. So go ahead and use the examples that I give you if you can't find your own self-selected problem. What is even better is to come up with your own problem that you care about enough that you'll keep going when you come across a challenge that takes you more than a working session to overcome. That will happen. That's part of tech. And if you go looking for someone to give you the exact line of code to solve that problem or the exact placement of a UI element on your wireframe, you won't find that answer because everything in tech is contextual. A line of code might work in one situation, but not another. Learning how to think through the scenario that you're working on is the learning. That learning might take an hour, or it might take a week. If you're multitasking right now, I want you to come back to me because I want you to jot this part down. Take some notes. And if you're driving in your car or you're on a run, my favorite place to listen to a podcast, 
then you can go get the transcript of this episode at youartechie.com slash seven. So Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y dot com slash seven. So here are the questions that you're going to want to ask yourself when you're deciding on a big picture approach to tech. And we're going to do this in two phases. First, we're going to brainstorm and just brainstorm. So you write everything, I, all the ideas down that you come up with. And then we're going to go through an evaluation. So three questions for brainstorming. Here they are. What do I like to spend time doing in my free time? Okay, if you're a mom and you're cracking up, I totally get it. <laughs> I do have some free time activities now, but for many years I did not. So <laughs> no judgment if you don't. But let's pretend you had free time and you ha- you could do one or maybe before kids. And um, what did you do in your free time before? This is a great time to go back to that. So what do you what do you do in your free time? Okay, another, the second question is, what do I really care about outside of tech? I know you're passionate about getting into the tech industry or leveling up your career because you're here, but what is one thing you really care about outside of tech? If you're a mom, you might've said your kids and that's okay. There are lots of problems. In fact, one I talk about that involves our kids. I'm going to push you to try to think of at least one other thing, but what do you care about outside of tech? Okay, brainstorm question number three. What frustrating experience have I had online that I would like to be better? And definitely the examples I'm going to give come from that. I know we've all had that, right? Like you, you're you doing something online and you're like, this is way too hard. It should not be this complicated. So what are some of those experiences that you've had? Jot those down. Okay. So those are the three questions to just generate ideas. And hopefully you have quite a few ideas that you've come up with from from that list. And you might not have real specific ideas. You might just have general ideas. That's okay. Now I want to tell you how to evaluate those and really dig in and pick one. And it's kind of best to brainstorm in one session and then step away, maybe go grab a cup of coffee and come back. Because now we're going to evaluate the ideas that we've come up with. When you're brainstorming, you don't want to do any evaluating. You just want to brain dump. Okay. So now we are going to evaluate. And again, I'm going to ask you three questions. First question I want you to ask yourself for each of your ideas is, could I spend several weeks working on and still care about the end result? And so you just do that for each one. If the first one was, I hate how I can't find the cheapest gas station, which I know there are solutions for that, but let's say that's one of them. Then you think, can I spend several weeks working on that? And just ask yourself that for each and every one of the ones you look, you listed. And you might have yes for more than one. Okay, but as you're going through them, and this one is great for UX, both for a UX designer and anyone who is interested in serving the user, which everyone in tech should be, but which one do I have the strongest emotional reaction to? And this is kind of tricky, right? Because tech is so cerebral that we don't always pay attention to our emotions. So just kind of as you, like, you have to pause for each one, pause on each one and think, like, how much does this anger me? And how frustrated am I with this? Or how much do I love how I spend my free time here? And if you just pause at each one and you feel the emotion that you have, that's actually going to really help you when you're um, working through UX problems and you're dealing with your um, users. And I know that's a little bit ambiguous, but it's good practice. Trust me on that. Okay, question number three to help you evaluate your ideas on selecting your self-selected problem. Which one do I think would be a good story for my portfolio? 
And when you're thinking about this, if you're like, I have no idea, visuals are always great. So if that doesn't, if you're a developer, that doesn't mean that you have to have the most beautiful pictures. But if there's a problem that lends itself more to visual representation, you might want to go with that one. Okay, so could I spend several weeks working on it? Which one do I have the strongest emotional reaction to? Which one do I think would be would be a good story for my portfolio? Those evaluations should help you select one of your brainstorming ideas to where you've come up with one that is maybe there maybe it's not the clear winner, but there is there should be some good contenders and if you have multiple good contenders, I want you to think about it this way. There is no wrong answer except not deciding. After you're giving yourself some time to really go through the brainstorming session, then stepping away and taking time to think through which one makes the most sense, you'll decide. Decide and then commit to not waffling back and forth so that in week three, you come back and you're thinking, oh, I've spent three weeks on this, but I think it's the wrong choice. There is no wrong choice. There's just a decision that you either stick to and make progress on, or you flounder and waste time. I know, it's tough, but most people, after two to three weeks, think they've made the wrong choice. So write down or voice record why you're choosing this one. Then when you start doubting yourself in week two or three, go back and listen to it. Going through this process from beginning to end and getting to a finished state that will make all the difference in your preparation for the journey and for your next step. But I promised you a couple of examples. So if you're still stuck after doing the brainstorming and evaluation session, here are two ideas. And these are also great ideas to kind of get your mind moving about what a problem might look like. Again, this is regardless of whether you're entering design or a development role, even security analysis or QA experience could work for these. So let's go ahead and take a look. Example number one, I'm a busy business professional who's trying to schedule a networking coffee at a mutually convenient location. I'm looking for a solution where I can input two locations and receive a listing or something similar of potential locations that are in between us. That comes directly from real world problems experienced with that. Example number two, I'm a parent signing my children up for sports leagues through a sports program. The solution allows for multiple different child profiles and the selection of different sports offerings per child. That one I use in my workshops all the time. And again, comes from personal experience. When you have four kids, and they play multiple sports, I, for some reason, a lot of sports programs just have terrible software. So that's definitely a real world problem. And if you have one that's great, I bet you that's a million dollar problem. After selecting, so those are my two examples. And so those are my two examples to get your mind moving. And again, I hope you pick your own, but if you're really, really stuck, go ahead and steal those. No problem. But after a self-selected big picture approach to learning, I do recommend that you then do this similar type experience with a, quote, freelance, with the free in quotes, project. But that is an episode for another time, my friends. Okay, I hope those two examples helped you. They both come from real life experiences of my own, and I know you have some too. 
I do want to tell you that after a self-selected big picture approach to learning, which is what we just went over, I recommend finding a freelance with the free in quotes project before applying for a job. So I just want to make that clear that this is kind of the first half of that journey, but that's an episode for another time, my friends. I think this has been quite a lot of information for one time, but I really hope that it's helped you to understand how to approach your tech learning. So there you have it. The big picture approach to learning tech involves having a growth mindset and building your skills through a story, which is really just a problem to solve. It can be a bit of a mind shift when it comes to how to learn, but it really is a more interesting way to learn to learn anything, but especially tech. So it's going to help you not just to get the job, but to elevate your career because you're able to quickly attain skills that you need to get to the next level. Thanks so much for being here today. Hey, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to sign up for the UR Techie email list. Imagine being in the tech job of your dreams. Join me to get the strategies, training, and never-ending support to get hired. Sign up at youartechie.com. That's Y-O-U-A-R-E-T-E-C-H-Y.com. I'll see you next time.